everybody. Welcome to day two of Breakfast with Bob from Challenge Daytona and the PTO 2020 Championship. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're brought to you by Captiva Spine, John Hall Chevrolet, USA Triathlon Foundation Risk Partners, and the PTO, the Pro Triathletes Organization, ranked number two on the PTO ranking, Mr. Alistair Brownlee, two-time Olympic gold medalist. Alistair, how the hell are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, it's nice to be uh, here in Florida, and I'm looking forward to racing. We figured Florida would be warm. What the heck? I know. I don't know what's happening um, the last few days. I've been here a few weeks now, and uh, it, a couple of weeks ago, it was really warm and humid, and this morning, um, it's like <laughs> being at home. It's like, I don't know, two or three degrees uh, Celsius and really cold. <laughs> so you're... Right now, you're not on the Olympic team for the UK. What, what the hell? You're a two-time <laughs> Olympic gold medalist defending. Is the, do you have to qualify? Yeah, so the Olympics obviously were delayed from this year, 2020, into next year, 2021. Um, when the pre-qualification was going on in 2019, yes. um, as you know, I was uh, running around trying to race Ironman distance races, yeah. along, which um, I guess didn't give the selectors a chance to select me, and, and rightly so. Um, yeah, you can't slip me for the Olympics off, um, you know, watching me <laughs> watching me walk around at Kona and the other things I was doing. But, yeah, uh, then I, I kind of switched back after the race I did in um, Western Australia at the end of 2019 to focus on the short stuff. And, um, yeah, the plan was to race well to qualify for the Olympics in early 2020. And um, I guess the delay has hopefully given me a bit more time now. So would you go for another Olympics after that? Or are you thinking this will be... If you make this team, this will be it. Yeah, if, if I was to make this one, this would be definitely the, the last Olympics, yeah. So yesterday, interviewing Javi Gomez, and he said, seriously, one of the greatest races I ever had, I didn't win. The 2012 London Games was the perfect triathlon, right? <laughs> the crowds were huge, everything was wonderful. Alistair was, just, was better on the day. He ran low 29s on a legitimately measured course off the bike, and he goes, hey, I ran 29s as well, and, and the guy beat me. Do you look at that race the same way? It was, it was just like, this was a perfect race. Yeah, it was a perfect race for me. Um, I, I mean, I knew kind of six weeks going into it, I was in super form and I'd got better and better form. And um, yeah, there's not many um, days you wake up just kind of excited because you're going to win the race. <laughs> and that day I did. Um, and that's kind of not me at all. And yeah, everything went, you know, swim, bike, run went perfectly. And um yeah, that run on a legitimate course and, and kind of walking the last bit, 29.07, I think it was. Um, I still think that's probably one of the quickest runs has been in triathlon. No question. Um, and yeah, just to basically duke it out with Javi for, for most of that run in, in front of, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people, the biggest crowd uh, I've certainly ever seen. And I think probably triathlon might ever see um, in, a, in a home country Olympics was really, really special. And Johnny has a penalty, but then you're there at the finish when he comes in and gets the bronze. And, and that's the toughest thing is winning. Winning, I, uh, winning in the Olympics is one thing. Winning on your home turf when everybody's depend, not just depending, expecting. Was there more pressure in that race than any race you've ever had? Yeah, every uh, in terms of pressure and coping with that, um, it's all been downhill since there. It's right, been easy. it's been gravy, yeah. right? It's like, hey, I, I won the gold medal when everybody in my country was wanting me to win. Yeah, it, it, the kind of um, change going into 2012 was incredible. You know, all of a sudden triathlon in the UK went from a sport where most people hadn't heard of to, you know, I was walk, going into the shop to buy a pint of milk and uh, people were saying, oh, you know, are you looking forward to the Olympics? 
you know, we can't wait to see you win and beat that Spanish guy. And, uh, you know, just crazy. <laughs> People who had no idea about triathlon um, to the point where we, uh, Johnny and me were jogging around the Olympic uh, Hyde Park in London where the race was a couple of days before the race. And there's, you know, massive poster posters of up, <laughs> up everywhere and you know just this and and people walking around we couldn't even run because people were asking us for photos and stuff so um yeah we had a crowd out on our kind of easy warm-up runs it, it, it was crazy and um yeah so the, the pressure was enormous and um yeah thankfully uh in lots of ways lucky that the the body and everything was in in great shape and i knew i was um i couldn't be in better physical shape so all i had to do is um go out there and kind of execute did you always have the feeling that you'd get through olympics and and start thinking about the longer distance was that always in the back of your head i was always going to do longer distance racing yeah when i very in the early days when i was actually first getting into triathlon as a as an eight-year-old uh and so we're talking kind of the mid to late 90s and right. i had an uncle who's doing triathlon he was doing ironman at the time so you know i knew right away um he was doing lanzarote but i, I knew right away that um about kona and uh, about the kind of um the heroes of, of the sport go, going back a bit further so it was always very much on my radar and a matter of kind of um when and, and not if and so when you had that opportunity to really because when you qualified it was the swim was canceled there was a it, you end up going to Kona is really your first Ironman and it wasn't the experience you wanted you you, 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 you didn't finish where you wanted to do but you were you get a flat and it, it reminded me a lot of Jan Ferdano's first time there mm-hmm. right the guy flatted he got a penalty he ended up uh, running in the transition and having the wrong outfit on running back in so he basically made some some mistakes mm-hmm. for you getting the flat and, and riding really hard to bridge do you think that sort of killed the day in terms of your run? I think there was a, a combination of things. Yeah. You know, you, you want to prepare as well as you can, and um, experience is a funny, movable beast, isn't it? You yes. you try and uh, learn everything you can, and, um, you know, you can be a bit arrogant in ways like that. And at the end of the day, you know, I've spent a whole career telling myself this is just a triathlon. It doesn't matter whether it's the Olympic Games or some local race. I'm diving sure. into the water, I'm doing a triathlon, and, and I'm finishing, and um, Kona was no exception. I, I think... Yeah, obviously the flat didn't help. Um, I think there was other things around that. I think physically I was probably in the position to, to race pretty well. There's just a few other, maybe the finishing bits I needed to put together, which um, then in the, in the month after that, I, I kind of got right and put together. Um, and, and that's why the race in um, Western that's Australia awesome. was so yeah. much better. Um, I think obviously had I kind of known what I, what I knew then for Kona, I think it, it could have been quite a different outcome. So you go to Bustleton on basically a year ago this this weekend, and you go what like seven forty five. You break the course record by six minutes, and it, did it feel feel like it like you were racing an ITU race? One of those things where you felt like, man, I could I could go further. I wouldn't have liked to have gone a lot further, but uh, yeah, it, it did. It felt amazingly easy. Um, yeah, you know, the swim and bike were just pretty relaxed, and until I got into the last ten or fifteen k on the run, I was felt like I was kind of doing a training run so um yeah I, I that race was completely different experience and it, it was down to I guess me knowing a bit more about um how to race pacing nutrition sure. mostly um and, and really nailing those so Johnny's racing here as well and this is a, st- a step up for Johnny this is a long distance for him mm. we're talking almost a 50 mile bike and a little over 11 mile run I, I heard he's been training really really well uh what do you think yeah, Johnny's in, in great shape, and um, I think it's really good that he's doing something different. You know, he's had a whole 
career now since um, 2010. So, you know, over a decade of pretty much sole focus on ITU. And I yeah. think it's really good for him to uh, do do some different stuff. And um, so I, I was, you know, trying to be positive and encourage that, even though it might make it harder for me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I think um, he, he's in really good physical shape. I think he's um, enjoyed and kind of stepped up to preparing for, you know, the challenges that he hasn't faced before time trial bike you know long even effort bike um right. and the nutrition around that and um yeah i think um especially I, th- I think physically he's in great shape to uh have a really good result for him yeah i don't want to bang on about it but it'll be just getting that nutrition right and um making sure that that means he can race for for three hours so having good place for him would be a place behind you obviously yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you been out on the track yet? Uh, I haven't been on the track <laughs> yet, no. Um, could have ridden that yesterday, but yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot to see, is there? <laughs> no. It is literally the least technical course of all time. <laughs> ever, ever. And you know, when you think about the way you race ITU races, it's, all, it's, it's almost like a criterion, the way you guys mm. accelerate and back off and accelerate and back off. And for this, this is, this is a full-on in the bars for 50 miles. Have you been doing a, a bunch of that, more time trial work, getting ready for this? Yeah, I've done a lot of time trial work. Um, kind of about six weeks ago, I started kind of pivoting to more riding my time trial bike, more mm. um, getting comfortable on it. Uh, I'm quite lucky that normally my kind of uh, ability to, I guess, produce power translates quite well from my road mic to my TT bike. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I was worried about in this race, like you say, like even more than any Ironman I've done, you know, it really you you don't want to move out of your aero position for that entire however long the bike's going to be hour 40 or something right. um and so that you know that is quite challenging and i don't think anyone's quite ever done a race quite like that before no. um so yeah i think um and quite a lot of work and that's why we came out to florida a bit earlier as well to spend some time on some really flat straight roads to <laughs> try and spend as much time in that position as, as we could and um yeah hopefully we're well prepared for that yep. uh, and the mixture here of other ITU athletes, you got Henry Schoeman, you got Javier Gomez, you got yourself, Johnny, and then you've got uh, Lionel Sanders and, and, and a bunch of the uh, Ironman, Sebastian Keenley, a bunch of the Ironman guys. You like that, that mixture of athletes, sort of, sort of a middle distance? I think it's fantastic, yeah. I think, um, you know, I said to you last year when we were in, in Nice that it's yes. almost like this distance has become the most competitive distance in in triathlon world it really you is. know and i think um because you can race it you can race it you know you can come up and race it um i guess like lots of the guys are doing and i've done you know my my last three races i've done have been sprint races so uh and you can come down and race it and uh, actually the bike being like this um with 20 meter drafting probably brings a little bit more into the you know some of the ironman guys than it would do if it was a more technical bike etc so right. um i think this is going to be uh this is going to be a really good interesting format this weekend for the the crossover of guys from kind of every different part of the sport so there's gonna be a lot of people watching this uh, all over the world the tv package is going to be huge and you're one of those guys who gives back to the sport and i think there's thirty thousand kids through the brownlee foundation who now know this sport and are Definitely watching this weekend <laughs> to see how you and Johnny Johnny do. Does that help you in terms of just the fact that you know that this is a very selfish sport and some mm-hmm. things swim bike run is great, but there's other kids out there's kids out there who are learning about this sport from you and from Johnny and watching you on this huge stage could could do tons for them. Yeah, it's it, it's really nice and a positive thing. Um, I think both of us see it as. Um, 
you know, part of what we do and what we should do. You know, it's a kind of we're, we're very, very fortunate to have made a, a career out of um, triathlon. Yeah. You know, very literally childhood dreams for us. Um, and so we've got some form of obligation to in the position we are to be able to inspire and encourage other young people to have the opportunity to do triathlon if they wish. So, um, yeah, that, that's a, a fantastic position to be in. And um, we're very lucky. And, um, yeah, it's important to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Probably the ultimate finish for you when you talk about Rio, when you win gold and Johnny gets silver, that'd be pretty good here. Yeah, that's that's basically what I want in any race, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gold, silver, and who cares? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Alistair, as always, thank you for taking time and chatting. I love what you do with the foundation. You're, you're bringing kids into our sport, and that's our – I could see – What's great about this venue is, and I'm sure you see it as well, you could be doing races all week long. You don't have to worry about blocking mm-hmm. off roads. Mm-hmm. You could have kids races. Uh, you could have, we could be doing running events, cycling events, everything. This sort of whole idea of a festival mm. is something that could be the future of our sport. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I think um, I'm very much for like inclusion and kind of diversity of events. If, um, you know, someone wants to do a 5K run, they can do that. If someone yes. wants to do a swim bike, they can do that. Um, if you're six years old and you want to do a mini triathlon, you know, you can do that. And I think that's it for sport and um it's about exposure, so you can do whatever you know inspires and motivates you at the right. end of the day, which is which is different for everyone. Have you been impressed with we've we've you've been in the sport long enough to have a lot of people come up and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and nothing ever happens. <laughs> but to see what the PTO, I've been impressed watching what the PTO has done in a really difficult time, helping fund the pros, create, making sure this event happens. Uh, what what are your thoughts on what the PTO has been doing? Yeah, I've been really impressed. You know, I think we have to um, remember that uh, really effectively it's kind of a year old, less than a year old. And, yeah. you know, here we are putting on um, that is quite possibly the most important triathlon event that's going on this year as part of a PTO oh, event, which, no yeah. Yeah, which is, um, you know, which is brilliant. And, yeah, I think um, it's important for us all to yeah, kind of yeah, congratulate everyone for what a massive achievement that is. And, um, yeah, I think uh, along with so many other things like... Um, obviously paying out the ranking money to support athletes through the time when there wasn't any racing going on, et cetera, you know, really important. And some of the really progressive um, maternity leave policies that are coming out. Yeah. Maternity leave, um, looking at experimenting with novel drug testing techniques um, and, and various stuff. And I think that's, you know, it's brilliant, really positive and um, look forward to seeing what the PTO uh, where it evolves to in the next few years. There's a lot of athletes who have great pro careers, and as soon as that last race is over, they, they're done, right? They're out of the sport. You see yourself as a guy who's going to be in this sport forever? Yeah, I can't wait to uh, retire from pro sport because I'm going to do all the events that I've not had a chance to do. Uh, what, what's out there that you want to do? Everything from, uh, you know, kind of extreme triathlon stuff like, you know, the Norseman type thing to... Yep. Uh, Mont Blanc trail race to I'd Some love of the obstacle stuff yeah I'd like love to climb, I've climbed done a bit of mountain climbing so I'd love to climb um, some some big mountains Everest and stuff um, oh okay yeah so and I grew up doing a lot of um, kind of mountain racing and cyclocross racing and stuff yes. so more of that back on the, the local scene again love so it. yeah I'll, I'll probably I'll probably be doing hopefully touch wood I'll be doing a lot more competitive uh, racing when I retire than I do at the moment I love it Alistair, thanks so much for taking time, and and have a great one. I'd I'd love to see you win this thing this weekend. Great. Thank you very much. Alistair Brownlee has been our guest, two-time Olympic gold medalist. Hold on, everybody. We will be right back.